Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hi there, good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Friday the 17th of November. I'm Adam Leventhal and today... With 12 teams now booked at Euro 2024, we assess Spain's credentials. We're not talking about the type of guys who they had, Javi, Iniesta, and Casillas and Ramos, all, all those guys all those years ago. There's England boss Gareth Southgate on pay equality. If, if you're CEO and it's uh, a man and female, listen, they both should get the same pay. And as Mo Salah scores four, we talk international records. And maybe more of a determination these days to just chase individual records. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Adam Leventhal. So in this final Euro 2024 group qualifying window, we now know 11 of the teams who will be going to the tournament alongside the hosts Germany, Spain, Scotland, France, England, Turkey, Belgium, Austria and Portugal were already there and they'll be joined by Hungary whose 2-2 draw in Bulgaria booked them a top two finish in Group G, Serbia in second and Montenegro in third still battling to join them. Also going to Euro 2024 are Slovakia, who beat Iceland 4-2. They finished second in Group J, behind winners Portugal, who beat Liechtenstein 2-0. And he's got it through for Ronaldo. And this time Ronaldo hammers it into the net. 60 seconds into the second half. Ronaldo's 128th. Yes, Al Nasser's Cristiano Ronaldo, more on him later, and Barcelona's Joao Cancelo with the goals for Portugal. Now a point for Spain in their final Group A game against Georgia on Sunday will secure top spot after they beat Cyprus 3-1. Winning the group helps when it comes to the draw for the tournament and that takes place on December the 3rd, by the way. Scotland are already there. They're second to Spain, two points back after a 2-2 draw in Georgia thanks to a late equaliser from sub Lawrence Shankland of Hearts. Manchester United's Scott McTominay got the other goal. Let's focus on Spain though with our correspondent Dermot Corrigan. How impressed have you been with Luis De La Fuente's qualifying campaign then? They didn't have a great start to the qualifying campaign. Got beaten in Scotland early on in the group. Things didn't look great at that stage, but they have come back pretty impressively really. Um, the five games this season in 22-24, the five wins, 19 goals, just two conceded. And they, it's not been that difficult to group, but they've really been the best team by by, by quite a way uh, to, to qualify quite easily. Kind of interesting background to it is that De La Fuentes had a contract on June the 30th, right in the middle of, of the tournament. Kind of due to the all the messing that has gone on at the Spanish Federation recently, um, there's no president at the moment after Luis Rubiales was forced aside by, by FIFA. There's no new president until early next year. And in theory, with the new president who would negotiate a deal with De La Fuente, um, we kind of assume that some kind of fudge will be will be found so that he continues on into the tournament. But he is quite kind of close to Rubiales, associated with Rubiales in, in general. So it's just a, another kind of insight into how things work in Spanish football, or at least have, have been working at the minute. 
Now, Lamine Yamal is getting so much attention. He scored his second international goal. He will push it on, turn back inside towards Hossalou. Yamal must score surely and does. Less than five minutes in. He's still only 16 years old. And those who haven't seen him in action for his club Barcelona or for his country, how prodigious a talent are we talking here? He is a phenomenal talent. Um, he's, not, he's not scoring golazos every week. But every time he plays, he leaves little details and shows what he's capable of doing. And the goal he scored was really, really good. It was the opening moments of the game. The ball came across the box and it was kind of a half chance. But he was the calmest person there. He just let a defender slide in. Then he had a couple of, of people running back at him, but he took his time, committed the keeper and, and started away. And it's just, you know, the composure that he showed, the game intelligence that he showed for a kid so young was, was fantastic. The kind of worry I would have is that he's playing too much. Like, you know, Barca had him playing at the weekend. Again, Luis De La Fuente is trying to build a new team so you can understand why he wants young players involved. But, you know, it's happened with Anzu Fadi, played too much for Barca in Spain. Pedri, you know, still not back properly for, from injury after he played too much. Um, so, you know, Spain need to look after the kid because he's a, he's a fantastic man. Now, they snuck through the group at the World Cup, didn't they, Dermot? They lost to Morocco on penalties in the round of 16. Do you see Spain as a more formidable force at this Euros? I don't see this Spain team as much better than than that Spain team, if you know what I mean. That you know, under Luis Enrique, things kind of went off the rails at the end, and you know, Morocco were the surprise package of the World Cup, and you know, Spain were very disappointed to, to to go out. De La Fuente has come in, and he doesn't have. It's it's not that this is not a, a golden generation of Spanish players. We're not talking about the, the type of guys who they had: Javi and Iniesta and Casillas and Ramos, all all those guys, all those years ago. And the new players, you know, there's some very good young talents in the team, like Yamal, like Pedri, Gavi. There's some decent old players like Morata. Rodri is probably the, the highest profile, the, the best player in the team, the Man City midfielder. But we're not talking about in a, an elite level. It's possible. De La Fuente said this week that he sees them as contenders. He wouldn't say favourites, but he sees them as contenders. A lot of things would have to change. They'd have to improve a lot. A lot of things would have to go right for Spain to win another major trophy this summer. OK, Dermot, thank you very much. We shall see elsewhere already qualified Austria. They moved top of Group F above Belgium after beating Estonia 2-0 in their final game. In that group, Azerbaijan beat the Sweden side, including Spurs' Dejan Kulusevski and Manchester United's Viktor Lindelof 3-0 last night. Belgium face Azerbaijan on Sunday with a chance to win the group. Now, there are seven more Euro qualifiers on Friday night, and you can watch them on Viaplay in the UK, by the way. Uh, bar that England-Malta game, which is on Channel 4, Gareth Southgate side, they're already the Group C winners. And a few issues discussed by the England manager ahead of the game. The Athletics' Roshane Thomas joins us now. He was there at his press conference. Now, firstly, he spoke about someone not with the squad, Newcastle's Anthony Gordon, yet to win a full cap, and Scotland are tracking him. What did he say about his chances of a call-up sooner rather than later, just to rule out losing out on him? As well, where Anthony Gordon is eligible to play for Scotland national team, and Southgate said that Anthony Gordon should think carefully about well, switching his allegiance and that a call-up could be imminent. And, you know, let's not forget Anthony Gordon's been in terrific form for Newcastle this season. He scored four league goals, two assists and 11 appearances. And let's not forget, it was a point in time when Anthony Gordon struggled to get into the Newcastle team and now he's just continued to elevate his game under Eddie Howe. So, yeah, Southgate said be patient. I'm not surprised because when you think about the number of wingers that England have at, uh, well, that Southgate has at disposal, there's no reason why... Gordon can't force himself into that into that squad. And I guess, Roshane, that situation really does reflect the depth that Southgate has at his disposal right now. 
I think it's an excellent conundrum for Sake. I really do, because my question to him was, there's a lot of competition for places, not for the start 11, but also to get into the squad. More recently, how tough has it been giving players the bad news? Mine goes to the likes of James Ward-Prowse, the West Ham affiliate he's been in great form, Raheem Sterling, he's been in brilliant form for Chelsea. You know, how tough has it been giving those players bad news? He said, look, it comes with a job, it's part and parcel. But my take from it is, disappointment means you, you can elevate your game. Look at someone like Jared Bowen, he hadn't been in England scored for the best part of, of a year. He had a terrific start to the season, now he's back in the score, well, the last two England scores, mind you. So, through disappointment can, can bring about, you know, players elevating their game and that's only a good thing for England and, and, and Gareth Southgate. And as always, Southgate spoke about broader issues in the game and following Emma Hayes' appointment as the US women's national team head coach. And he was asked about the issue of equal pay. Yeah, he did. Because um, my question to Southgate was how, how pleasing is it that you have managers like Emma Hayes who are receiving pay almost on par with, with men in football? And he asked the question, but didn't ask the question. He mainly said, you know, look, if, if you're CEO and it's uh, a male and female, listen, they both should be get the same pay. But it also depends on economics because if you're a Premier League footballer, you're going to get a lot more than a championship footballer. If you're a League One manager, you're going to get a lot less than a Premier League manager. But he did reference that the US women's national team, again, it has worked out well economically in terms of shirt sales, one of the one of the highest in the, in, in the world, of course. So he said, look, it's a good debate to have. And you know, hopefully we'll be talking about this moving forward. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Okay, Roshane, thank you very much for now. Also in action tonight, Italy. They're already guaranteed a playoff place via their Nations League ranking, but they want to confirm second place behind England. They face North Macedonia, the team that knocked them out in the World Cup playoffs, you'll remember. Then it's a big one against Ukraine, who currently occupy second place. And that game's going to be played in Germany on Monday due to the ongoing conflict with Russia. Now, over the remainder of this international break, Netherlands or Greece, they're aiming to finish second behind France in Group B. Wales, Croatia and Armenia are battling for second place in Group D behind Turkey. There's nothing sorted in Group E with four points separating four teams, Albania, Czech Republic, Poland and Moldova. And the same goes for Group H, Top two, Slovenia and Denmark, they're looking most likely, but they're head-to-head tonight and Kazakhstan still have a sniff in third with two games left as well. Now, there are 11 African World Cup qualifiers on Friday night. The group stages are now underway and life is good for Mo Salah at the moment. 10 in the Premier League and he scored four in Egypt's 6-0 win over Djibouti, his first four-goal haul for his country, his second international hat-trick, but the last one came 10 years ago. And he's closing in on Egypt's all-time goal-scoring record. He has 55, that's 13 shy of Hossam Hassan, who scored 68. Now, speaking of international goal-scoring records, the Athletics' Michael Cox has written a piece on that subject. It's out for you now. And he joins me on Salah. He's closing in on a record, which is pretty commonplace nowadays in world football, isn't it? Yeah, it has become very common. Uh, There's 211 FIFA affiliated nations. And of those 211, 64 of the record international goal scorer has paid for that nation 
this year in 2023. So yeah, there's various reasons for that. I think more international games in general. There's quite a lot of relatively new nations in that list. Um, And I think also just sports science players keeping themselves in shape, going on for longer, and maybe more of a determination these days to just chase individual records. Now, Erling Haaland, he's the only striker to outscore Mo Salah in the Premier League. He's also closing in on a record for Norway. And this one has been pretty long-standing, hasn't it? Yeah, he, he only got about 20 minutes as a sub against the Faroe Islands. He's six behind the record that was set by a guy called Jorgen Juve, which was 86 years ago, or at least it was 86 years since he last played for Norway. It's actually 89 years since he scored his final goal for uh, Norway, which is obviously a bit of a discrepancy considering we're talking about a record goal scorer. But the strange thing about him was that he played over half his games for Norway as a defender. So he uh, he managed to get this goal scoring record, which has lasted for almost longer than any other international goal scoring record, while only playing half of his caps as a striker, which is quite remarkable. And I think it's just worth highlighting, and it came from your article, Cristiano Ronaldo. He is the leading international goal scorer of all time. And that goal against Liechtenstein made it 128 for him. But from a feast of goals to a little bit of a famine, Michael, what is it with Italy's rather meagre top goal scorer record? Yeah, Italy's a very strange case. It's only 35 goals. That record was set by Gigi Riva, uh, who retired at the end of World Cup 1974. And no one's really got that close to it. No one's come within seven goals of it since. And I think there's a few reasons for that. At times, Italy have had a lot of very good strikers. And so they haven't had one player just dominating the attack for a decade or more, which is usually what you need to kind of challenge for these records. At other times, they've had a complete dearth of strikers. They just haven't had anyone capable of getting to that mark. And they're also quite a defensive-minded team in general, Italy, and usually based around their number 10 rather than their number 9. So their striker's often been picked to get the best out of Baggio or Del Piero or Tossi. And it doesn't look like anyone is going to get there anytime soon. Shiro Mobile has less than half of Riva's tally. He's 33. He's not in the current squad. And so no one in the current squad has got more than eight international goals. So that record, which has stood since 1974, is probably going to stand for quite a while. Brilliant, Michael. Thank you. Just a quick word on Asia qualifying for the World Cup, which has started as well. And two other informed strikers were on target in South Korea's 5-0 win over Singapore on Thursday. Wolves's Huang and Tottenham captain Son. Across North London from Spurs, and you'll remember Mikel Arteta's post-Newcastle rant after Anthony Gordon's controversial winner. Was it out of play? Was it a foul? Was it offside? This is what he said about VAR and the officials. Well, because it's embarrassing what happened and how this goal stands in the Premier League, in the best league that we say is the best league in the world. We really have to think about this deeply because I've been 20 years in this country and now I feel ashamed. It's an absolute disgrace. Well, the FA have now charged the Arsenal boss for those comments and he has until Tuesday to respond to the charge. You don't have to wait that long for your next daily football briefing, though. That's coming up on Monday with Tim Spears. I've been Adam Leventhal. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman. Executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Drop us a review. Leave us a comment wherever you listen to the daily football briefing. That would be much appreciated. And most importantly, have a great weekend. And thanks for listening. The Athletic.